Ladies and gentlemen, making its way to the ring, it's been called a well-made plea for tolerance, earnest to a fault, and a lesson that bullying is definitely a bad thing. Please take the stage and sing for your champion, That's What I Am! Will we find out what we are or sell our fancy car? Find out this week on Signature Movies. Charge with the game under my arm. Anyone in my path is done considerable harm. Really a dawn, scratch that, really a gone. Really put the gloves on and one in the octagon. Straight shooter, the mind of a supercomputer, the ruler. Welcome to Signature Movies, a podcast that takes you film by film through the productions of WWE Studios, the movie division of World Wrestling Entertainment. I'm one of your signature guides, Preston. Uh, I'm the other one, Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Preston. How are you? I'm doing quite well. How about you? Uh, great. I'm doing great. Ryan, for the listeners at home, you might notice a slight change in audio. It's because Ryan is in studio today. We're sitting across from each other. And this is this is wild. I can't believe you rented out a beautiful space <laughs> to to do this podcast. And I believe the Beatles filmed their final album here. <laughs> well, you know, and it makes me wonder if you're getting any revenue from this. Um, because this is this no you were doing it from your uh, <laughs> studio apartment. Yeah. That's a cool cabana. Cole Cabana used to start every podcast he did saying, you know, live from my studio, and then he'd wait and say apartment. That's very good. Yeah. Yeah. So We're all just trying to be Cole Cabana in the podcast space, really. Oh, yeah. We do look up to Cole Cabana. Yeah. Although, uh, shares a bank account with his mom, we learned, from <laughs> CM Punk. I do remember which, that. Which apparently is like a horrible thing. Yeah. But, um, I'd love to share a bank account. <laughs> I think this podcast is doing great if we could both get our moms as financial backers. We'd have a studio. <laughs> it's <one>. true. <laughs> no, well, Preston, look, um, you know, we'll, I guess I don't know. What, I don't know how deeply we want to get involved in 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 the past few days that we've had. Yeah, but I think um, it's worth noting that we're recording this on day three. Yes, of my three day trip here. It's correct. And so, usually, how these kinds of trips play out is that by this point in the weekend, you are you're done. <laughs> Borderline comatose. You have, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, we try to pack a lot into a few days. I, I like packed itineraries. Yes. And um, yeah, I mean, you, this is going to, re- you're going to be on E after this <laughs> or, or during this. Um, I don't expect you to be at all conscious today. so i mean we did we did not get like a marine quality movie to kind of reinvigorate the tank i mean it was kind of a drain on drain system here but uh i'm here i'm ready to go well, uh, let's let's well you know what let's do some housekeeping then. <laughs> that's yeah that's exactly what i need and talk well no let's do a fun housekeeping okay, let's talk sure. about you know we went it's an to, oxymoron of a sentence we went to dynamite yeah this past wednesday at the footprint center correct here in phoenix arizona um, we had a lot of fun kind of being pessimistic about the card going in. Yes. Because the main event was John Moxley versus Evil Uno. Correct. But uh, the show ended up, I think, exceeding expectations. Indeed it did. And we had a good time. We did. I would say. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we got, to, we got you got to see all your favorites. Yeah. I mean, it was a... <laughs> <laughs> it was a great show because well, we got to see i mean how they f- formulate these things is you get to see dark an hour of dark uh aew's youtube only show and then you get to see two hours of aew dynamite and then after that they film aew rampage uh which is their friday night show so you know you go in looking at the dynamite card and i'm like i'm gonna miss a lot of my favorite guys but i mean they toured pretty much everybody out i would say like 90 percent of their roster at least their big roster got some scratch time oh they, they had there was someone big on the roster there we got to see Paul White. We got to see Paul White, star, the of knucklehead, knucklehead himself. We were, I mean, I could have thrown something and hit Paul White. He was on a, he was commentary on Dark. Um, yeah. yeah, I think we um, locked eyes at one point. Out of the orphanage, <laughs> into the footprint center. <laughs> so that was fun. We got to, you know, we got to see, you know, the star of one of these movies. It's true. I thought that that was great. Yeah, yeah. we, you know, it was a long night at the footprint center. Uh, before Rampage started, you went and got a uh, pretzel dog. Which I saw as a sign of fatigue. <laughs> I needed a little pick me up. I gotta be honest. Yeah, I well, might have had a pretzel dog before this record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, you know, it's it, and then you know, yeah, well, you know, but we don't we don't need to, we don't need to delve too much into into anything. But I mean, you know, there's always a, usually a wrestling component. I'm very grateful that you chose to go to that show, mm-hmm. or that you agreed to go to that show. <laughs> and um, you know, I just say thank you, thank you for the hospitality. Absolutely. You know, you know, I mean, this is, you know, we we're looking at independent wrestling shows to go to tonight, mm-hmm. and we couldn't find one in the in the area. Um, San Jose was a little out of driving range. <laughs> I think there was one in San Francisco. Yeah. Um, there was one in Fargo tonight. <laughs> and um, you don't need to be a master of cardinal directions to know those are all far away. They're, <laughs> they're far away, but let's be clear, doable. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just a matter of willpower. <laughs> you know, I don't know what we're doing tonight, but. Uh, we could, uh, we could be at Mount Pleasant High School in uh, San Jose, California, watching the You think they, they, they got the gymnasium? I think they were forced into the uh, cafeteria. No, they, they get the, they get, okay, they get well, the gymnasium. You, you never and know. And like I said, they have to clear out tonight for, because JV basketball comes in tomorrow <laughs> and, and has, to, has to play. Preston, I, what can I say? I love pro wrestling. I'm a pro wrestling fan. Yes. That's what I am. <laughs> <laughs> you know incredible and i got to see actually one of the other things we did i got to see you in your uh art shop yeah yeah you i i had to step away for a little bit to do an install uh throughout the weekend um, okay all right okay <laughs> we get it you work <laughs> you, <laughs> you threw a pitch i had to swing at it ryan no but there's, I, there's I, no I, chance it's gonna be a home run but uh, i i just wanted to give you the opening to say i'm a fabricator I'm a, I'm a fabricator. That's what I am. Yes. And and the reason we're talking in riddles <laughs> is because the movie that we were going to talk about today is That's What I Am. Yeah. Uh, 2011. 2011 you, film directed by Michael Pavone, uh, starring, I mean, I wouldn't say starring, but including Randy Orton. Uh, that's our big wrestler. Ryan, you want to give a little bit of context to the folks at home on Randy Orton. Now, this is... This is not the first time we've seen his name pop up. They've been Vince McMahon's been trying to get this guy in a movie for a long time. Shocking movie for him to star in. But, uh, yeah, what's what's Randy Orton's deal at this point? So Randy Orton, yeah, I mean, he, much like uh, Triple H, has been in that WWE system for a very, very long time at this point. He started in Ohio Valley Wrestling in 2000, joined WWE in 2002, immediately as part of the Evolution stable mm. with uh, Triple H, Ric Flair, and Batista. Wow. So just a... Say, the stars of the silver screen joining forces. Unbelievable! Kind of like the Avengers before <laughs> before the Avengers existed. Uh, he became the youngest WWE World Champion at age 24. Wow! So it's important to say that his dad was a very prominent professional wrestler. What was his too. gimmick? The dad's gimmick? Yeah, Cowboy Bob Orton. <laughs> I'm serious. It's good he stuff. Was, he was a cowboy. I mean, listen, it's working for Adam Page. Or Adam Cole. Right? Adam Page. Adam Page. There's a lot of Adams in the wrestling world, Ryan. Yeah. And I've never doubted your knowledge of AEW. <laughs> I think you, have, you have a pretty firm grasp on it. <laughs> but, um, so, you know, Randy, I mean, immediately thrown into a faction with Triple H, immediately wins a world title. Wow. A lot of high expectations for Randy Orton from the beginning. Yeah. And, you know, he's had, he was notorious at a young age for attitude issues mm. and. You know, he was he was a young wrestler in a business expected to do great things. Yeah. And I think really over the years he has uh matured quite okay. a bit. He's stayed with WWE. He's one of the veterans in WWE right now. Mm. Um but you know, two thousand and eleven, I think that puts him around thirty, thirty one years old when he did this movie. Mm. Probably still in his, you know, rowdy youth. Yeah. As we are. <laughs> so it's you know. So are we talking like rowdy? In the WWE stables, or like, are we talking like an MJF character who just like doesn't want to fucking work and thinks he's better than it, or is he just like going out to bars and getting trashed on the weekends? More, the, I mean, more the latter, okay. right? Like, just just outside the ring, you know, maybe didn't like respect the other veterans on the roster. Got it. Uh, maybe a little difficult to work with, but you know, it's funny when you're when you're a good wrestler and difficult to work with, you tend to stick around. <laughs> and when you're a bad wrestler, you know, and and uh, difficult to work with, you end up, you know, Mr. Kennedy Looking- getting fired. <laughs> So. Looking forward to CM Punk's return. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I guess we're, I don't know if we're Team Cole Cabana on that one or not. Yeah. yeah. But, um, so yeah, you know, I, I think in 2011, he was at a time where he was still a huge star in the company. And, mm. um, this really is a perplexing movie. 
in, in a lot of ways. <laughs> I mean, is this is this still Attitude Era of WWE, or are they kind of moving out of that into? They called the no. The Attitude Era would have ended two thousand one. Okay, ish. So we just kind of missed it. Usually, they people say WrestleMania seventeen was like the end of it when mm. uh, the final Rock and Austin match. This was this was called the Ruthless Aggression Era. <laughs> Not everything needs to be an era. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but that's what they call it. I don't even know what we're in now. I think we're in the PG era now of WWE because there's no blood anymore. Which is why Moxley is not in the company. Yeah. Very far away. But um yeah, do you have any do you have any insight on this movie? You have nothing. We, what? Just, we just know this movie exists. Yeah, we, no, there's really have, much not much on this movie. I cannot find this movie to watch yeah there's really not a lot on this movie there's like a couple randy orton interviews um where he's essentially just talking about his experience making a movie not so much the actual character of the movie um but yeah it is a very interesting film um like it's it's heavily backed by wwe studios this seemed like one of the films we were talking about last week where um this was going to be like a big studio film if they just like threw a million dollars into the pot and like put a wrestler in it but you know this was something that was supposed to be a big wwe studios thing um and yeah, I mean, it certainly didn't pan out for them. Again, it's I believe it's their fourth bomb in a row. Only aired in ten theaters, um, you know, which has been a big thing they've been doing with these movies. Just kind of testing them out in small markets before giving them a big push. Most of these just end up right in the DVD bin. And it's almost as if why bother making a theatrical release? Yeah, and I, I before we go any further, I, I do need to remember to for no for no real reason um, send a shout out to uh, the website Daily Motion. <laughs> i've had good experiences on there recently you know they've sometimes you're looking for certain footage or clips <laughs> or a movie yeah. and you go on uh daily motion yeah and it's 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 really become a daily practice <laughs> i think i think it's a pretty it's a decent alternative to youtube <laughs> you know God bless those Daily Motion Warriors. I mean, somebody had to rip, take this movie, first of all, purchase this movie, rip this movie, post it online, and then post it on Daily Motion in order for us to watch it. Somebody had you know, to You're saying someone of- did that? Somebody must have. How else oh. would it end up there? I never said it was on Daily Motion. No. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, I bought the DVD. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't watch. Paid full price. I didn't watch That's What I Am 2011 on Daily Motion. <laughs> Who could? Who would? No. Who would? Got to support Mr. Orton. Well, I guess we should get into this. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's we start with the narrator, who is the main character, Andy. Yes. Who at this point is in what? What would you guess? Third grade, fourth grade? I would say I think they're getting gearing up for high school, so I oh. think he's middle school. I would guess like sixth. Oh, middle grade. school. Yeah. Okay. I guess I just thought the acting was of a. <laughs> third grade level but um it's very much a ben platt performance for a third grader <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah i like you know later tonight preston uh-huh. um after everything we've done this weekend um you're you're very likely going to find yourself uh broken on the ground <laughs> and one thing i'd want to tell you is that when you're broken on the ground, uh-huh. you will be found. <laughs> okay. You will be found. <laughs> Much like a bootleg copy of That's What I Am. You will be found. <laughs> now, of course, I'm referencing Ben Platt's oh, yeah. incredible rendition of <laughs> You Will Be Found from uh, Dear Evan Hansen. Wish that was in town this weekend. It was down in Tucson. Oh, it was. We could have taken the. Sh- it really was. <laughs> we could have taken the trip. Was that yesterday? Oh no, it's still airing tonight. We can still make it down oh, there. We can go. We we could leave this we could, studio. We, <laughs> we could go from "That's What I Am" to "Dear Evan Hansen." I don't think I have enough tears <laughs> to withstand <laughs> "Dear Evan Hansen" tonight. <laughs> wow, there can't be any tickets left. <laughs> I think there's all the tickets left. <laughs> well. Enough of the enough of Ben Platt. Uh, we we immediately in this movie get introduced to Big G. Big G, um, yeah, which sounds like a wrestler. It is not. Of course, that's not his actual name. No, it's Stanley. Yes, but Stanley is a very tall seventh grader mm-hmm. with, um, I guess you would say, very prof- prolific ears. Yes, and and he has red hair. And he, does. he is 
the the victim of constant bullying at yes. the school. Um, we quickly learned that this school sucks. <laughs> this is like a horrible school. <laughs> uh, it's vitriol. I mean, the it is like this is one of the cruelest comments I've ever heard on screen <laughs> or yeah. given towards these kids. The, the, I wrote down the line: uh, "Kids are in reference to Big G's appearance." They say kids are cruel, but even God has his moments of cruelty. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, we live in a world where God allowed Dear Evan Hansen to be a musical. Ben Platt's still kicking. No, we wouldn't wish any harm on uh, Ben Platt. No. Because I like, you know, he has to show up every year for the uh, New Year's Eve ball drop and (laughs) sing a song. Um, Yeah, I mean, just a horrible school. Doesn't seem like there's a lot of infrastructure in place to deal with this bullying. No. It's kind of allowed to run rampant. Absolutely. Perhaps the only kind of infrastructure in place to prevent such bullying is Mr. Simon. Mr. Simon, played by Ed Harris, a strange Oscar winner coming yeah. in to do a WWE Studios film. Ed um, lost a bet. <laughs> a series of bets, I would imagine. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, Ed had Evil Uno in the main event. <laughs> I didn't do this movie. Um, but, I mean, so yeah, obviously, even if I didn't know who the actor was it would be it would have jumped off the, the screen that this guy was talented yes uh, who plays mr simon but mm-hmm. the whole impetus of the movie is that mr simon we're doing a group project and mr simon is going to pick a partner yes for his students did you yeah. ever have this experience here? you know what? i was going to bring this up okay because <laughs> he says like i'm going to pick your partners because i don't want everyone to just pick their friend as yeah their partner what's wrong with that <laughs> i don't i don't understand that yeah wouldn't she wouldn't that be more conducive to a good project if you got to work with your friends it speaks to yeah i mean if they if our school is just supposed to set us up for success in our career fields i mean like you go into corals and brady tomorrow you're not looking for like the janitor to do your next project but yeah. like you you know we're, we're supposed to be taught to seek out people who we can have successful interactions with and formulate teams at work uh absolutely yeah i think it's it's not setting people up for future success to just be like well you have to work with this person who's not going to be helpful to you do you know how good this podcast would be if we were friends? <laughs> Let's not go down that road, Ryan. <laughs> Made me miss breakfast this morning. <laughs> yeah. I did, no. Yeah, no. We had a mishap with the continental breakfast. Yeah. At the what, hotel. Do we, first of all, uh, is it Hilton for San- Sheridan? No, it's what, Residence Inn. Residence Inn. Uh, they closed their breakfast at 9 a.m. Yeah. Absolutely insane. Yeah. Well, you got up at 9.02. <laughs> um. So, yeah, he's going to put Andy and Stanley together. Stanley, again, big G. Yes. And Andy, I think, you know, I, I do this thing with my high school where I would classify people using wrestling terms. Yes. So, to me, it looks like Stanley in this movie is a jobber. Absolutely. At the, at the, at the, at the school. Absolutely. And Andy feels to me like an upper mid-carter trying to get to that main event. Yeah, he's interacting with main eventers on a regular basis. He's interacting basis, with main But eventers. he's not in the no of the main eventers we'll soon find out that he's going to be kissing a main event <laughs> it's very true but you know he's an upper mid carter with a lot of momentum <laughs> and so he gets paired with big g and you know for stanley it, it, it's a consideration of oh god you know i have to work with him but you know this school sucks so bad that all of the jobbers hang out in their own little courtyard yes and so and even andy stepping foot into that courtyard causes jeers from the other mid carters yeah. main eventers they call it the aw dark courtyard <laughs> <laughs> That's no what's it called what is it called I just, it is called something it's called like nerd quarter or something like that yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not it's no triumph in writing so then you know we also get some um some background on andy's life yeah he has a has a has a just a rock star of a mom mm-hmm. and the dad sucks <laughs> unabashedly uh, just sucks yeah he's and, and andy's the narrate and andy's an adult narrating this movie as it's happening yes in a way so he says of his father my father was a good man he just wasn't very user friendly yes i don't know what that means well i think it's it's a play on like the dad was some kind of engineer or something like that so the dad like built things and like was very used to like being in control and building things and like at work he was a rock star i guess and at home like he just didn't have the manual for uh for parenting so he wasn't very, yeah. You, if, you know, him playing the role of the user as a child wasn't very friendly for him to connect with his father. That'd be my read into it, Ryan. 
Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But yeah, the dad good. unabashedly sucks. The dad has a habit of um, just taking things over from his kid when he's trying to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the the actual best scene in the movie comes at the end where they kind of – so at the, at the beginning of this movie, it's, it's Andy's dad scrutinizing his lawn mowing skills. Yes. And at the end of the movie, Andy gains the strength to kind of push back. Yeah. And I thought that was the best scene of the movie. Yeah. Um, so, okay. And then, so, you know, again, we're 20 minutes in. Not a lot's happening. Um, there's a bully at school, Jason, uh, one of the premier bullies, mm-hmm. attacks a girl with his jacket. And the zipper, <laughs> I guess, cuts her. Cuts her. Yeah, cuts her up. Because uh, he, he gets cooties. So he goes to the cootie master. This is, the, I mean, the movie is kind of like a, um, a poor man's sandlot, in it were. You know, where we're kind of delving into the nuances of a of a middle schooler's life of just like you get cooties you got to go find the guy who knows things about cooties and he's going to give you tasks you know it's complete cooties so we're meeting like all these little realms of kids hanging out um so yeah but he whips this girl i just want to say um because we haven't done this in studio you do see i do check my email i do okay on a regular basis well it's just i'm just saying (laughs) i don't want you to think i was purposefully interrupting you those few episodes (laughs) where i did play media (laughs) During. It, it doesn't make it any less rude that you do oh, it. Well, <laughs> trying to give context to the folks at home. <laughs> no, it's, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be rude, Preston. I'm just, you know, sometimes we get. I don't know. It could be a sponsor. Mm-hmm. It could be, um, you know, we looked. We looked at a few apartments out here. <laughs> we did. Well, I was out here for no real reason. <laughs> um, now, Ryan, did, did you? Did you? Was cooties a big thing at your school? Did you have any cooties cures or cooties infestations? No. no. But, you know, I, I spent all of elementary school in Catholic school. Mm. So there weren't we didn't really have bullies. It was actually pretty charming. Really? We were like a class of maybe 20. Whoa. And so we stayed with each other from, you know, kindergarten through fifth grade. And so we all pretty much got along. Wow. Like, like everyone went to everyone else's birthday party. Wow. Which um, really stretched Tom and Donna's wallet. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> Middle school is a different story. Yeah, middle school, I transitioned to public school. We were past the cootie phase. Mm. Um, I think we had a pretty mature middle school in terms of, like, drama and, <laughs> and bullying. Um, so, no. Uh, what was – obviously, you. I did. You, you experienced cooties. I did, yeah. I mean, first through third grade, there was a big cooties thing. We had the cooties vaccination, uh, which was the circle, circle, dot, dot. Now you have the cootie shot. Um, mm-hmm. And in order to be free from cooties, you had to do it on yourself. And you need to go up to the arm of the girl who touched you and give it to her. Uh, very similar to this. Um, so, yeah. Well, sometimes, you know, maybe that is that kind of female interaction I was missing in my <laughs> youth. Maybe <laughs> could have used the cooties because, you know, they say, you know, sometimes it's good to, you know, get a cold every now and then to train, you know, get that immune system. Maybe I needed the cooties. Cooties in youth leads to booties in adulthood is what they say. When you miss out, you're just not going to get the latter. I'm looking at Preston's eyes right now, and I can tell he improv that. <laughs> you, you saw them roll back into my head as I warged out that that punchline. You know, but again, and, and look, and one thing I'm, I've been really proud of, with among many things I've been really proud of with this <laughs> podcast, is we've never shied away about talking about bullying. No, right? Whether it's your your bully, right, or Becca Weirwills, you know, friend slash, let's call, well, really a friend of me. Yeah, with the oranges, or you know. Derek yeah. picking on me most of my. <laughs> I'm gonna call Becca Weirwell story revisionist history. I'd be much, I'd be very interested to see what this friend, quote unquote, friend of hers from childhood, has to say about her today. Yeah, well, we'll never find out. We're <laughs> gonna have to give up on. Um, but anyway, you know, the first half hour of this movie is it, it, you know, it's plotting. I'm not. I don't know. Yeah. The two bullies come to light. You have Jason who yes. is attacking, who attacks the the girl with his jacket, and then you have Ricky, who is. Mary's ex-girlfriend. Yes. Now, Andy and Mary is, I think, the world champion. Absolutely. I mean, the, 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 the main event. Yeah, the she's, main she's got multiple belts. She's a tag team champion and world champion. Yeah, she's the All-Atlantic champion, the, the <laughs> TNT champion, the Ring of Honor pure champion. Yeah, she, she, she's has, the, a, uh, she has every belt. Online content champion. <laughs> digital media. Digital media Impact champion. digital media champion. She's got the dot combat belt. She's, um... She basically is in a position where not, she gets to pick her opponent. Yes, And by absolutely. that, I mean she gets to pick her, you know, who she wants to date. Yeah. She's... And so she says a name, and that guy 
says okay. Mm-hmm. Like, this is great. Yeah. And she's been in the promotion for a long time, so she's been through mm-hmm. most of the roster. Uh, so she's kind of looking at jobbers right now. Like, who can I, mm-hmm. who can I raise some status to, you know? Who can I give an action and ready uh, yeah. batch to? A little push. Yeah. Give them a little push. Absolutely. Raise their stock. Absolutely. Well, for the sake, you know, we're very fortunate, um, you know, for the sake of action in this movie that she picks Andy. It's true. But Ricky's not going to be happy. So no. you have Ricky picking on Andy for some of this film. But the real, the real bully here is Jason. Yes. Because Jason cuts the girl with his jacket. Yes. And then the professor, no, teacher, <laughs> Mr. Simon, um, punishes Jason. Yes. And has him suspended. Suspended. And Jason thinks of a way to get back at Mr. Simon. He does. Because Jason learns from an upperclassman mm-hmm. that there's, there's this underlying belief amongst the student body that Mr. Simon could be gay. Yes. And so Jason overhears this conversation, goes home, and tells his parents. Right. Now, I don't know. Andy and Jason, they have, you know, they're given a run for their money in terms of who has the worst father. (laughs) But it just so happens at 42 minutes into this movie, we are introduced to Jason's father, Randy Randy Orton. Orton. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Randy Orton has approximately nine lines in the entirety of this movie, and not a single one of them is free from bigotry, hatred, and character assassination. Um, he's a he's a bad man. Um, now we should we should preface this movie is set in the '60s, right. so they're cruising off of that where they can use a, be a little bit free and clear with their, you know, homophobia kind of stuff like that. Um, but uh, yeah, you know he's saying that he will not have a son with a queer teacher and that this must be taken care of or he's going to form a parents union, um, <laughs> as it were. Yeah, you know, and, and, and I think, you know, as we go on and maybe for the listeners, it becomes apparent why this movie's kind of hiding out <laughs> on websites like, not on, but like yeah. Daily Motion or, or things like that. Yeah. You might find this on a website akin to Daily Motion because, you know, and we've talked about this now, it's just, the this situation feels very relevant in 2023 yes and so you know uh now the word is grooming Mm. right that's that's the word being employed to talk about lgbtq teachers and so when you're watching this movie and i don't know if that ever went away but it really is more prominent today so you're, you don't you don't really feel great watching this movie, right? I think yeah. it's one thing if you're watching a, a period piece and there is this bigotry, and you feel like you have honestly we've honestly moved past it as a society, right? It'd be one thing to watch and say, you know, this might be, this might be informative of how things were at that time, but we're mm-hmm. not in that time, right? And it feels like we're very much still in that time, yeah. And so you don't really get great feelings watching this this go on, yeah, and. You know, I'm always dubious of the ability of these kinds of films to even convince anyone. Because I think it's really hard to convince anyone right. these days when it comes to political issues. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching this movie, and I'm I'm trying to evaluate to what extent would this movie ever sway someone who, was, who had some bigotry right. to see the other side or to change their belief. Yeah. And I don't see this movie serving that function at all. No. Um for a lot of reasons, the least of which is that you can't find it <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> so it's gonna be hard to show someone something when you can't find it. Right. <laughs> that's a yeah, that's a pretty core fact about life. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say second to not being able to find the movie, we do. It is revealed at the end of the movie that Ed Harris's character is actually not gay, mm-hmm. um, which is. It's a strange choice in this movie that's, like, kind of, like, really... You think it's, like, a very pointed piece about, like, we're opening up gay rights. Like, this is a first of many stands that are going to come over the next few years in terms of just being like, listen, I don't have to hide anymore. I can stand my ground in a certain sense. But in reality, it's this Christ figure of Mr. Simon just being like, no, it doesn't matter what you called me. It's just bigotry is bad. So I'm standing up against bigotry, which I feel like kind of waters down both messages. Like, if that, mm-hmm. if that had been clear at halfway through the movie, just like, it doesn't matter what you called me. It's bigotry. But it's not. They kind of spend half the movie kind of teasing you, like, all right, maybe this is going to be a big arc for Mr. Simon. But at the end of the movie, he's just, like, a too nice of a guy to say nothing about anything. So the message is kind of watered down, in my opinion, at the very least. Well, what, re- what really, I think, threw this off for me is that 
Mr. Simon takes this whole approach throughout the movie. It, I'm not going to answer your question right. as to whether or not I'm gay because it doesn't matter. It doesn't affect my ability to teach. Right. And that's why you hired me. And I think – so he's, he's, he's doing that. But, and at the beginning, we, we, we are parallel stories of he also sees something in Andy. Yes. Because he put Andy with Stanley to do this project because he thinks that Andy is a good kid and will be kind and provide friendship to Stanley. Yes. So he sees something in Andy from the very very beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And you're right. At the end of the movie, um, st- so we'll we'll talk about this all at once, even though this this painstakingly <laughs> takes place over like, the, the next the next forty five. There's minutes. a lot of beats. Yeah. Stan, uh, Mr. Simon decides that this is his last semester yeah. at the school and he's gonna he's gonna move i think to texas was it I, with, florida florida with his with his sister and just start start new down there yeah and before he leaves um andy goes to his house right and let's be clear breaks in to his house indy just walks in and um mr simon says oh you know andy you know what what brings you here and then mr simon says something like well to you know if you're here if you're here to solve the mystery Here's a picture of me and my wife. Right. And it was the movie's way of giving, revealing that Mr. Simon was not gay. Right. But they did it in a way that showed that Mr. Simon actually didn't have a lot of faith in Andy. Because if he <laughs> thought as highly of Andy as he did, mm. he wouldn't have thought that Andy came over to like confront him about his sexuality. Right. So it was a very weird scene. Very yeah. weird scene that they tried to like shoehorn into the movie, the reveal. It was, and, yeah. And I... Yeah, you didn't need that. You, you didn't, didn't. You didn't need that. And it was strange. It was almost like uh, the young actor playing Andy, and Andy's character was just like, no, of course. Like you, he's like he's almost as flabbergasted as the audience, like in the audience room. Like, of course, I don't think that. <laughs> like, that's not why I'm here. You spent the whole movie putting me up as this nice guy. Like, why would you think I'm here to stay that? Uh, yeah. And finally gets to the root of it, which is just like, um, yeah, like he was a teacher, um, and I, I wish we weren't leaving. So you know, and then there's there's a principal. Um, yeah. Who? Good. Oh no! I, I was just gonna say, you know, that's she plays a big role in this because she's the one who Randy Orton goes up to and talks with, and she plays like this middle ground between the parents and um, Mr. Simon, played by Ed Harris. Um, just like you know, she just wants this to be over with. Uh, so yeah, it's a consistent contention, and she doesn't want to fire him, but she also doesn't want the parents blowing up at her. Yeah. It, w- it was a very middle ground position, <laughs> and I I don't know you know it, and and I mean it, this it, it's I don't think that they ever they're trying to tell two stories here which is Andy's kindness to Big G right. Stanley and then this threat of Mr Simon and his his sexuality and yeah I don't think they do either one extraordinarily well and they 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 never never feels like those stories are intertwined no. in any meaningful way and Andy for a protagonist seems very like milquetoast to me just doesn't yeah not a lot of zip just right doesn't really do anything yeah truly courageous in this movie yeah and you know that you given the school and everything i don't blame mr simon for saying hey I, let's just I'll, I'll go to florida <laughs> <laughs> pretty much everyone in this school sucks <laughs> i don't know why i'm here in the first place i'm gonna go to florida <laughs> And and you know what was what, and I think that that was strengthened to me by this idea of like I don't even think he knows where he's going yeah. in Florida. Yeah, I just think he's like I'm just gonna, I have a sister who lives somewhere. In Florida. <laughs> just gonna drive to Florida and hopefully find drive some place. So he doesn't know where he's going. And then that kind of got me thinking: if he truly doesn't know where he's going on his route to Florida, yeah. you know who he could probably use? <laughs> no, <laughs> I have I have some ideas. No, you could probably use you know to kind of in in shotgun someone that's pretty good with direction. Oh god! No, that's it. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. No, yeah, you're right. It. I'm just saying. You yeah, you're right. You're right. Probably yeah. Could use someone that's good with direction. I think I think you're right. I think you're okay, right. Okay. Period. <laughs> I don't need yeah. just a errant observation. <laughs> but if you can't find anybody, we know from John Lennon that if you don't know where you're going. Any road will take you there. Any, any road will take you there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I mean, what you are, know. What are you thinking about this? Any, 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 uh, anything you want to talk about? I mean, yeah, I, I think I had a very similar feeling about the protagonist. Like, I think my big complaints about this movie, or at least struggle with it, is like, you know, you try to do these things in certain big movies like this where you've got a lot of strong characters. Um, 
it's the uh, the New Hope phenomenon of just like you can make Luke Skywalker like barely a character. He's just kind of like your audience surrogate. He just shows up to these places where all these things are happening. Um, and in this case, like I really don't think you needed Andy um, to be like. There's three movies in this. There's like an amazing Mr. Nickel movie I would imagine starring Ed Harris with like a lot more screen time, fleshing out his experience. There's a great Big G movie. Alexander Walters, a kid who plays Big G, is like a very good performer. There's like. I just left this movie with like, why did I get so much fucking Andy? <laughs> yeah, Andy. I didn't. I didn't need this Andy Mary. No. Thing where, you, Ma- know. you know, even a Mary. Like Mary would have been the third movie. Just like I would, even a Mary movie would have been fascinating. But like, we get just these tastes of three better movies that Andy immediately pulls us away with his like, you know, lectures about how high school works and lectures about childhood mm-hmm. and you um, just yeah, it didn't. It failed to grab me. I just like I got all these tastes that I never got full satisfaction on um that's my big issue with the movie um i think then at the end of the movie i mean it, the, the i guess the climax is that big g is going to to uh participate in a talent show yes he's gonna sing yes and everyone's kind of rubbing their hands together it's true um and one of the bullies well i think i forget which one i think it, ricky was was going to go and throw tomatoes yes at stanley during his performance yes and at that point I, i'm just going Okay, like well, how cartoonish can we <laughs> can we make this? Because Ricky is standing at the back of the auditorium, right? Pretty much. Like, do you think you can hit? Like, <laughs> big, I know he's big, but like to throw a tomato. Yeah, I will. I will caution Ricky in saying, but throwing a baseball is harder than you might imagine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Ricky was pretty much in the outfield <laughs> at that auditorium. I mean, you yeah. you have a sense of what that's like. Yeah, I can imagine. And um. You know, but fielding. <laughs> I mean, if I'm just you, you don't you might not realize this back in the day. But if you were just bad at fielding, that we they could have worked with that. <laughs> okay? Like if you were great at hitting, I think that that you know. I think that was made pretty apparent to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fielding. You know, we you you can kind of mask. <laughs> but I don't know, Preston. I don't know how we're doing on time. Here. <laughs> you know, this movie was. I wish I had more to talk about with this movie. Yeah, I was not. I will say, uh, Daniel Yelsky uh, as Norman, Big G's friend, stand-up performance of this movie. Would you agree? I think he was fantastic. Just like he yeah. played this really like anxious, neurotic kid um, who was like just consistently looking out for his friend in a very charming way, which I just didn't see in a lot of stuff. Which is just like, listen, this kid's a good kid, and he's like setting himself up to fail. Like, what the hell is he doing? Um, like, I'm just trying to protect this kid. I don't know. It was a very charming. Like it, it really rang true of like certain friendships I had in childhood, which was just like, don't overreach. Like we well, you know your place. Don't overreach your place. We're safe here. Why are you messing with stuff like that? Um, I just found that exceptionally charming. What was the name of that character? His name was or in the movie Norman Gunmire. Norman. I mean, so like I thought his objection to Big G doing the talent show was was interesting. Yes. Of just like don't do this to yourself. Yes. Like we you know we live in this ecosystem where. This is not going to change things or do right. anything. And I think Big G's response was just, I don't need it to change anything. I'm a singer. That's, That's what, what I, I am. am. So I'm just going to sing. Yeah. This isn't supposed to be me making a statement or changing minds. Right. Right. This is just me doing what I like to do. Yes. Regardless of what anyone thinks of it. Right. And, um, you know, we all have the choice to do that. It's true. <laughs> and I think this movie... Really inspiring. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Well, there's some good ideas here. But there I are. Don't think, I don't think. I don't think it really. Again, for me, for my money, this is just. It, it, it's too timely, and too <laughs> ineffective. Yeah. To enjoy. Yeah. At this point, it was an uncomfortable watching experience, kind of from top to bottom. Honestly, like not only the traits, but it was just like very jarring. Pull up from things to things. Nothing got that sense of completion, like I said, and the subject matter was just not great considering times and i will say speaking of the ending like did you watch the end credits where they do the flash shots of where everybody ended up um my um i, I cut off <laughs> I, <laughs> it was a scratch dvd yeah yeah <laughs> um well the end credits uh they do like one of those things where they like you know andy went on to become this 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 and they pretty much like undercut everybody's story. Um, the uh, Big G goes on to help underprivileged youth for like a couple years, marries uh, the other geek girl who's whipped in the beginning, and then wins like $50 million in the lottery. 
and just goes and retires. I'm like, that's a weird arc for this like very humble, modest character. So w- wait, was this movie based on a true story? No, this is oh. just like this is just like them They're philosophizing just about it, oh. just like yeah. Okay. And I don't know. It was just like, I think a lot of this movie is looking at like these very unique characters in middle school. Like, what's going to end up with them? I don't think I really need that question answered. You know, like there's no. There's no concrete answer for where Big G ends up or Stanley ends up. Do you know what happened happy. to Andy and Mary? Mary, uh, they don't stay together. They stay together obviously for five weeks. <laughs> Mary she- goes on to be a sex education teacher. Uh, and she's on her fourth marriage, but she's okay, very I'm happy. I'm changing the rating. <laughs> this is stupid. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Stupid. <laughs> I already changed the rating once. I'm changing it. <laughs> and the, uh, the Weasley bully who... Um, who ratted out uh, Mr. Simon, they say, uh, smoked a gargantuan amount of marijuana and hasn't been heard from since. So, just, okay. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how Randy Orton feels about that. But. Yeah, did they say what happened to, to Randy Orton's character? <laughs> Randy Orton became a WWE superstar. It's pretty crazy. Um. No, the, 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 that guy's dad is the, uh, Randy Orton's character is the kind of person who, um, donates to like donald trump but forgets to uncheck the auto donate box <laughs> and so he keeps wondering why his debit card is charged every month for like 40 dollars he keeps yelling at his wife over dinner he's like i know you're going fucking tj max you have enough dresses karen yeah but it's all going to uh donald trump so tj trump you know okay I, and i will say again my favorite scene in the movie comes at the very end when andy is cutting yeah. grass the dad comes out to object, and Andy mm-hmm. basically says, why don't you just let me do this? Mm-hmm. And then when I'm done, you can call me names and, you know, tear me down. Yeah. Loved it. That's good. That's a great scene. Yeah. I'm changing my rating. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's um, that's what I am, Ryan. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I mean, we're, we're in the same. Are you hearing that outside? Are you hearing that? No, we, have to, we, have to get, we have to review it. Well, yeah, I didn't hear anything either. That's oh. what I'm saying. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Ryan. I'm not familiar with the noises. <laughs> here. So, this is uh, Ryan, it is time for a review of That's What I Am. Would you please explain to the no, I, folks But I home? explained this to you before we came on air, so you know. You know. <laughs> you know. And surely everyone, who, everyone has seen previous episodes or listened to them. Well, no. I mean, we might have a new listener, right? I mean, this is our post AEW Dynamite episode. They may be looking for hot takes. Um, well, okay. I mean, let's be honest. Given our location this week, we are doing things differently. A little bit differently. Differently. So, and that wouldn't be the only time here at Signature Movies where we do things a little differently. differently. <laughs> and that's because here at Signature Movies, we employ our signature rating system. Yes. And so you saw on Wednesday mm. that when a wrestler gets knocked outside of the ring usually by an offensive maneuver, they have till the count of 10 to get back into the ring. Yes. So here at Signature Movies, we pretend that the movie that we just watched, in this case, That's What I Am, is an offensive maneuver. Indeed. Offensive maneuver. Yes. That's what I am. <laughs> and we act as though that movie knocked us outside of the ring, and we, Preston and Ryan, have 10 seconds to get back into the ring. So we are going to say at what point in the 10 count we were able to get back into the ring. Mm. The reason this is a little tricky is because if we get back into the ring at one or two, that would mean that the offensive maneuver did not do a lot of damage, did not take a, a big toll on us. We're still fresh. Yes. And we're ready to go. However, if we get back into the ring at eight or nine, that means that we are tired. We are worn out. We are weathered. I'm looking at someone who is all those things right now. <laughs> and we were, we were really taken to task by that move. So the only difference is lower rating, higher score. Yes. So Preston, my question to you is after watching, that's what I am on – through via whatever method you chose to do so <laughs> at what point in the 10 count were you able to get back into the ring always very good. i'm excited to see that process live ryan thank you so yeah, much you for see, doing that. see the wheels turn i do yeah. <laughs> it's very tight um yeah i uh i'm gonna give that's what i am well first of all i'm gonna say i think that's what i am took a piece of advice my baseball coach would give me quite a bit and uh ran with it which is you just go out there and swing big i don't expect you to hit most of what you swing at but when you do hit, if it's a big swing, it's going to go far. So I really think that this movie took a lot of big swings. They had a lot of big characters. They had a lot of big ideas. Um, and uh, I don't think they connected on many of them. Um, I don't think a lot of them made it past first base, if you will. But, uh, you know, there were some big swings. And I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the acting. I mean, um, 
you know, Ed Harris is Mr. Simon. Fantastic. Uh, the kid playing Stanley Big G doesn't go on to have a big career, but, you know, he was good. Uh, played a very vulnerable character. And there were things about this movie that I really liked. Uh, so four out of ten seems about right for me. I, I wish that things had come more together. I, you know, it's tough to, I, I don't think it's right to judge a movie on the movies that I would have rather seen had I written it. But, um, you know, it's tough not to in this situation where they set up so many movies that could have been better. Um, so, yeah, four out of ten for me, Ryan. Ryan, when did you get back in the ring after that? You would, you would say, though, that Mary got past first base. <laughs> <laughs> Mary's gotten grand slams quite a few times. In her career. Oh, press. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> She's got to teach kids what that means, Ryan. That's her job. That's that what she is. That is her job now. <laughs> that's, that's who she is. She said four marriages she went through. Four marriages, yeah. Four marriages, one for each base. One for each base. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I agree, Preston. I got back in the ring at four. Wow, yeah. Ryan, we're yeah. tag team pals in this. Okay. High five. That's okay. our first tag team. Well, you know, I wanted to kind of you know get you a little uh, amped up for the rest of the night, so I <laughs> I'd agree with you. Um, my thoughts, Mr. Simon was uh, like we talked about this off air. Too perfect. Too, yeah. Too unexplored. Right. Very well acted. Um, and like I said, it just did, this is not a movie that makes me feel good in yeah. 2023. Very just true. Not, not at all. Um, and less than five minutes for Randy in this movie of, of screen time. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the perfect balance for Randy in this movie would have been about 10 to 15 minutes of screen time mm. and zero minutes of speaking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have to believe there. This was well intentioned, though. At the end of the day, and I, I and I agree with what you said. We shouldn't rate this based on what it could have been or what we would have done with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and at the end of the day, we're this rating system. We're trying to create a spectrum here where the Marine Two exists, right? So <laughs> yeah. we have to take everything in, in relative <laughs> uh, terms. So yeah, th- this this is a four. Yeah, this is this is a four for me. Fantastic. So Fantastic. yeah. You, I would talk to your landlord. I would talk to your landlord. Because I don't know, how, at least what I'm hearing now, I don't know how you're going to sleep with this. I don't even know what it sounds like. <laughs> it's loud, man. I know, I know. It's, it's, it's And it seems, it, it kind of comes and goes, but now it seems like it's... It's coming towards us almost, right? Like it's, it's like almost, almost in the apartment. And my God, but are we, I don't know if we're even in our apartment anymore, Ryan. Ryan, I think we're firmly in Recommendation Station. Ryan, this is the week, this is the segment every week. Where after a movie, whether good or bad, sometimes we feel a little bit weathered at the end of the podcast. We like to pick ourselves up with recommendations of both of our passions. We started this project, Ryan, because I'm a fan of movies. You're a fan of wrestling. This is the combining of our interests. So each week, I will give a movie recommendation, and you will give a wrestling match recommendation. This week, I will be recommending the movie Equilibrium. It is a 2002 sci-fi action movie starring Christian Bale. It's about a society of people who numb their emotions uh, using pills for the furtherment of society, saying that emotions are a tox on society. Christian Bale is, of course, the person who stops taking his pills, wakes up to a new reality, and then has to fight his way out. Uh, this movie invented a fictional style of combat called Gun Kata. It is exactly as dumb as it is. And this is, I would not say that this is a great movie. I wouldn't even say this is a good movie, but I don't think anybody who watches this movie regrets watching it. It is a very strange movie. It's a very strange Christian Bale performance. Um, and it's extremely enjoyable. I, I think you can find it for free, like, anywhere. People are not monetizing oh. the movie. I would maybe check Daily Motion, maybe. honestly. Yeah. I don't know what's on Daily Motion. Yeah, who would? Who would? But no, certainly not. Um, yeah. Uh, Ryan, you're a match for us this week. I will say one of the conditions of me coming out here was that th- for this episode, you were not going to have me do accents. <laughs> and, and I have accent. not. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, this week, we're going back to New Japan Pro Wrestling. They had a big show. Preston, uh, Battle in the Valley. Wow. February 18th, 2023. A lot of matches to pick from from that show. It was a very, very strong show. But we're going to go with Loser Leaves and New Japan Pro Wrestling, Jay White versus Eddie Kingston. Oh! Which was on that show. So um, for one of these men, Preston, they were not going to go back to New Japan. They were going to get in their car and much like Mr. Simon, drive to Florida or somewhere <laughs> and start new. So it's... Um, I, and I think you have a sense of this, mm-hmm. that Eddie Kingston is one of the most charming professional wrestlers going today. Indeed. Maybe of all time. Yeah. Um, you watch certain professional wrestlers, and, and you say to yourself, these are these people are not playing characters. This yeah. This is just who they are yeah. when they leave that ring. And Eddie Kingston is 
is the epitome of that. And this was just a very charming Eddie Kingston match. The thing about Eddie Kingston that I like the most is that when he, when you strike Eddie Kingston, he yells. <laughs> in pain. Like, this is a man who I think probably outside of the ring deals with a lot of pain. Yeah. Just from doing this for 20 years. Right. Or however long. And so when Eddie Kingston sells, he's selling. Like he, he's hurting. It's all the and way to the bank. So, it's it's a good match. It's it kind of for one obviously for one of these people. It's it's their last match for the promotion for the foreseeable future. So, yeah, I mean, I, I but I would I would check out this show. You have you had the in ring debut of Mercedes Monet. Monet on this show. We had a lot of fun talking about the implications of, of pronunciation. <laughs> so yeah, uh, New Japan Battle in the Valley, February eighteenth, two thousand twenty three. That, to my knowledge, is not on Daily Motion. <laughs> so. Can you find it anywhere? Does New Japan have a uh, NJPW oh, they have a, Plus? They have a streaming service. I think this was on Fight TV. They mm. did have some streaming problems, but the replay is probably better. So Good. check it out. Fantastic, right? Yeah, I see you uh, reaching for your debit card. <laughs> you know cool. I've, I've got that subscription on lock. <laughs> Very good. All right, next week we are uh, looking at Inside Out, the return of Triple H. Okay. Uh, so thank you, everybody, for listening to this week, and I hope you come back for next week. Uh, who doesn't love Triple H, Ryan? A true yes. charmer of a man. Yes. Uh, and Ryan, as always, we'll end this episode with our signature de force. Uh, we will try the best we can, and hopefully it's a little bit easier this time with us being able to look at each other in the eye, mm-hmm. to say the finishing move of the wrestler who starred, or in this case, featured mm-hmm. in this movie. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for this, Ryan? I'm ready. All right. Three, two, one. RKO. Flawless. You know why he calls it that? Why? His his full name is Randall Keith Orton. Incredible. So, man of creative <laughs> genius. <laughs> He'll be back. He'll be back. And I hope everybody comes back next week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you then. Preston, we're podcasters. That's what we are. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of Signature Movies. We really do appreciate it. We'd also appreciate it if you'd rate and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any questions or concerns about the show, feel free to email us at signaturemoviespod at gmail.com. We'd also like to thank Phoenix-based rapper Mega Ran for her intro song off his album Matt Mania. Go pick it up on Bandcamp. And hey, while you're at it, check out Phoenix local artist Veronica Epperhart. Big G didn't cut it for you as a singer-songwriter. Veronica sure will. We'll see you next week. I like a fucking eternity at the grocery. I've, I've gone grocery <laughs> shopping with him. It is interminable. <laughs> what does he, does he go? He, he's one of the guys who doesn't go with a list and just kind of picks up what he wants as he goes. Uh huh. And yeah, <laughs> he and he loved this one grocery store in Williamsburg. It was called Harris Teeter. And, okay. and every time, I I always knew he was going because he knew that I thought that was a stupid fucking name. And every time, <laughs> and every time I asked him where he was going, and he just had this bashful look in his eyes, I knew it was to Harris Teeter. <laughs>